the NFL player survey came out, which we'll get into detail later in this episode. But I was wondering, what if every year we had a husband and wives Ooh. or spouse and spouse player survey report card? How do you think that would go? Man, good. That That's a good question. I feel like I would get some low scores <laughs> in the weight room right now <laughs> in our marriage. Wait, wait haven't, been, haven't been working out enough. Okay. But but what if what if she likes you bigger? <laughs> then... My wife actually does. Oh. See, so, so then maybe I yeah I'd, I'd get some good scores then. Listen, my wife too. She doesn't like when I when I go. Hey, you know I'm just thinking about just transforming my body and like just losing like eighty pounds and looking crazy. She's mm -hmm. like, don't do that. What is it with our women wanting us bigger? Is it like a protection thing, or is it like the bigger we are, the less desirable we are to other people? I. That good, good, good question. I'm gonna say it's a not a protection thing. Mm. Maybe more love to handle. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, all I know, you know is I would saying? give my wife A's in every single category except for a B plus in. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Roll the stop, intro. stop yourself right there, Brian. I'd give my wife A pluses in everything. I would like to, because she would know if I gave her all A's that I'm being facetious or that I'm not being honest. So I'm trying to like give her something to make her go like, yeah, okay, improvements. But that doesn't land well, does it? Find out which team scores correlate the most to our spouses coming up in this week's episode. Roll it. What up, you fan Levitardians? We're back. Nasty Nate, Cousin B. Did you miss us? Having, having all sorts of stuff going on here, but we we press on, and we're here. We're You're like, the NFL season's over, but we're going to give you even more NFL. But before we get to that, you're going to get a little Black History Month stuff, and you're saying, but it's March 1st. But for us right now, it's still Black History Month. So, and we we haven't touched on it. Every month yeah. is Black History Month. Isn't it kind of crazy that it's Black History Month? Yeah, you you didn't let me intro the True. episode. I was trying to trying to segue segue into it. <laughs> I usually do the whole we're the fastest growing uh wait, welcome to the Fan Love Heart Show podcast, the fastest growing YouTube, the fastest growing Man, I'm rusty. Let's try it. Welcome to the Fan Levitard Show. The fat. Welcome. Oh, see it. Here we go. Third time's the charm. Welcome to the Fan Levitard Show. Fan. Nope. Welcome to the Fan Levitard Show podcast. The fastest growing Dan Levitard Show fan YouTube channel. Have you subscribed? Have you rated and reviewed us five stars? Brian, do you have anything that you want to talk about today? You know what? We had a tumultuous February in all facets, on the show, off the show, Viva La Mas, everything happened, everything happened, everything happened, and we didn't give Black History Month its due diligence. So we're going to start off 
March 1st, uh, International Women's History Month. We love our women, you guys. That's why <laughs> we we're love also, our women. That's why we're grading our spouses. All right. Honestly, none of us would be here without women. And the versions we would be would be terrible without True. our women now. So we're going to kick off the first day of Women's History Month with a beautiful nugget of knowledge. My man Nate over here learned about how the finances involving blacks in America have always been somewhat of a interesting topic. Take it away, Nate. That's right, Brian. I, I said, what am I going to do this uh, February to learn some Black History Month? And, you know, four years ago, things were pretty crazy and everyone was arguing. And, and what did what did I do? I went out and I bought a bunch of books. I'm like, I'm going to read and learn a bunch of stuff so I can just argue with all these fools. And now I have like, I read some of them and I'm, Still got like maybe eight books to get through, but I had one that I read the first chapter and then really liked it, stopped, and I picked it picked it back up. It's The Color of Money, Black Banks, and The Racial Wealth Gap. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start reading this again during this month, but I also have a newborn, so I did finish the second chapter and started the third chapter, but the first chapter of this I found really interesting, and what it talks about is right after emancipation one of the things that america did was they created the freedman's bank which was a bank that was supposed to be specifically for african americans but as with things that have good intentions or not the bank was limited because people are still very racist back then it was only a bank for savings and it was you know pitched is this is a way to teach black people how to save money and help them grow their money in a safe way. Uh, the bank was regulated by Congress and was not supposed to have any sort of risky financials. Uh, and so the bank only allowed uh, African-Americans to save their money, not do anything else like invest it. And again, it was supposed to be a bank that did not do any risky, risky investing itself. But of course, people who were put in charge of this was a bunch of white dudes. And uh, in the first couple years, what happened? They $75 million and 75,000 depositors, roughly $1.5 billion in today's money, was put into the bank by african-americans uh so it really caught on and a lot of money was put into it a lot of wealth but in the 1870s jay cook the guy who was put in charge of it started petitioning congress to deregulate the bank and without any black voices there to push back against it they gave Jay Cook, whatever he requested. The bank was deregulated and he was able to invest that money how he saw fit. And basically what he essentially did is he pilfered the wealth of that bank because he then made risky investments. And what did he invest in? He invested in his brother's railroad company and railroads went belly up in the 1870s and crashed. And that led to the bank ultimately failing and out of all of that, um, the bank failed, closed, and let's see if I got my numbers right. Only half of the people who deposited money in the bank received 
three-fifths of their money back. So just like that, a bank that was pitched to be something that was supposed to be safe, teach black people how to be responsible with money, uh, ended up being taken advantage of. And obviously, there was no restitution for that. Just over half of black wealth that was put into this bank was erased overnight because of it being run irresponsibly. And again, it's just for me, those things are important for myself. Like, sure, there were a lot of banks that um, failed as well, too. But uh, this book just it continues to uh, outline kind of like the struggles of African-Americans to create and generate wealth after um, that. And so I just think that's an important part of history. Like for me as a white man, I feel like that's important for me to know and understand and recognize like my privilege in that. Like the thing that I always go back to is my grandfather served in World War Two, was a veteran and the GI Bill, which I know he benefited from, helped him get his first home um, and purchase homes cheaply. And that was something that uh, black veterans did not receive. Uh, you can look into that as well. And I bring that up because I'm a homeowner now. And how I bought my first home is my grandma every year would give me a thousand dollars for my birthday so by the time it was i was like i don't know 25 27 i had thirty thousand something dollars in an account mm. that i did nothing to do um to raise on my own but that was what i used to purchase my first house which then we were able to sell and take advantage of raising house prices and raising demand during COVID and sold that for quite a bit higher than we bought it in just a few short years and now buy another house that's more um, that, you know, that is, uh, you know, three times the value of our first house. So just recognizing like my privilege. And so I've tried to be like a person with however I vote or with whatever I do. I used to have a job where I had to fundraise my salary. And so when I did that, I actually would fundraise above and beyond my salary because I knew I could and give that to other staff members of color that were on my staff team or in the staff team area that I was a part of trying to like recognize like this is my privilege like you know it doesn't mean I'm like a lazy person and got things easily but it does mean mm -hmm. well it actually it does mean I've had things easy and, and there's nothing wrong with that yeah Every, everyone should I don't have get offended things by easy that. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh and I and th first of all thank you for that that beautiful excerpt um in this in this ongoing world especially in 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 America where we're finding this this heavy pushback on being able to learn about the past in hopes to deter us from repeating it and how there's certain states and certain governments that don't want any of that to be viable to people who don't know about it. It's dope that you took your time to kind of find out about that because a lot of people, like I said, don't put the effort in. Um, a lot of people who are directly affected by it don't even know about some of this stuff. And it's tough because you try to have a sensible talk with some people about things like this and you know you mentioned the simple process of buying a house 
your grandfather being able to purchase a house affordably has an ongoing snowball effect of positivity throughout your entire yeah. family line. And if you're ever going to be in a spot to try to fix things for the future, to plant those seeds for the shade that you won't be able to enjoy, it's tough if every time you plant a seed, it gets uprooted by something that you didn't have any control of when you were doing it, quote unquote, the right way. Um, you know, you mentioned your, your blessing and your grandma looking out for you. She had the ability to put that thousand dollars away, right? As we know, Americans don't even have that money saved up, period. What more than half of Americans don't have a thousand dollars in their savings account. So, you know, in, in our response, uh, my wife uh, being black and uh, Puerto Rican, myself being black, indigenous, some white, you know, we didn't have any of that. We had to, we had to cash in stocks. So we had to cash in our retirement in order to afford a down payment. And you go, well, but you still got it done. And it's like, yeah, but you know what would have been better if I didn't have to, yeah. because I had to leverage my future and hope for my present and hope that my present could better my future in terms of my daughter and my uh, future and other children I have down the line. And it's just dope that, uh, you know, you can, you can see it and you don't get offended by it. Like the conversations we're having, I could see someone both being poor, being uh, lower middle class, below the poverty line. I grew up below the poverty line, so I 100% get it. And they don't want to hear about things like privilege. And I understand why they wouldn't. I 100% get it. I was there. I grew up on food stamps. I used to have to go to the church to get boxes of food. I ate the government cheese. I did all that. So I 100% get it. But the idea that it would be easier if there weren't certain things that happened that had no control with you, and these things were taken from you, whether it's the form of government programs that were stripped away, uh, people not looking out for certain individuals because they didn't represent them, or like you stated, if you got a bank set up for black folk, but you got no black folk there to look out for black folk, what the hell's gonna happen, right? Like in, yeah. in this country where we see white folk not look out for white folk, and white folk are the majority, what do you think is gonna happen to the minorities? And, and it's just, it's a shitty situation because if we understand that we, we got way more in common, then we don't, we could get to where we need to get to, to progress as a nation that progresses the people. And instead we kind of let things that kind of don't have anything to do with the now interfere with the now. And it sucks because like I said, I think every person out there generally doesn't want to cause harm to others, but who knows when you're in a shitty situation, it's easy to take advantage of that. So salute to you. Salute to everybody out there doing their best to be better people. Uh, if you listen to the Levitard show yesterday, they had Tyrone on. He won that amazing three spin on Price is Right, where he had mm -hmm. hit 95, uh, 90, 10, and then 100 on the yeah. bonus Crazy. or a dollar on the bonus. I never felt so much infectious joy hearing him on the show and how grateful he was talking about it uh, to the point where it just made me go like, yo, we are so alike more than we aren't and if we stop looking at the things that we kind of can't agree on and start looking at the things that we can agree on we'd realize that we're working against ourselves here so salute to tyrone salute to black history month salute to all good people history and this is march 1st shout out to sarah Breelove, aka cj madam walker first female millionaire right like let's we gonna celebrate our women yeah. this month because we should be celebrating our women all the time because listen hey mother earth baby it's it's listen women make the world go round if you leave it up to us we'll blow this bitch up yeah i mean men <laughs> yeah what track what what track record do we have of 
great uh i mean things decision making yeah just hey you know i mean that that's just you know gotta learn from the past learning from the past one of the best ways to learn from your past especially as a youth is getting those report cards yeah. at home right i don't know about what you were your but report our... cards like brian <sighs> were you uh were you a mike ryan chris cody or jeremy Taché? i was someone who acted like chris cody performed like mike ryan but had the potential of a Jeremy Tache. Mm. Yeah, I I I had some rough rough bouts with uh, education in my youth, and it wasn't from being stupid. Most of my grade school progression was actually forced upon me because of how well I would test. I would dick around, don't do homework, won't pay attention to class, goof off, and then I would ace the test. And they'd be like, "Well, we can't." kind of do anything with this so pass them then i got to high school and realized oh snap i was smart in the inner city i wasn't suburb smart and then i realized oh shit <laughs> like this isn't <laughs> this isn't the same and then i just resorted to being a class clown until i realized it was too late and then um i couldn't go to college so yeah that, that was you know that was my scenario uh i don't think your grades define your intelligence but mm -hmm. they do define your ability to play the game. And as we all grow well in the workplace, we learn like, yo, I don't care if it's school, work, relationships, hobbies, it's a certain game you gotta play. And sometimes it's not gonna be the thing that suits you, but you gotta know how to play it. How about you? How are you as a student? You look like you were a, a tasheer. I I was a tasheer there, Brian, of A's, honor, school stuff, all all that uh jazz you were um, all in the yearbook i i say i say five and a half five and a half pictures is the going line number for how many times you were in a picture in your yearbook i'm gonna say over oh man i don't even know i'd have to like find my yearbook and like flip through it maybe because like the sports stuff but not i went to a really small school mm. um so, you weren't like in the glee club and no we didn't really the... have a lot of clubs it was just sports we didn't really have too many clubs so there oh. there wasn't a lot of like club photos i might have been like the class clown like picture and then with like some sporting photos i might have hit that uh five and a half possibly also just because of like when there's only like 56 people in your senior class what? Gotta, yeah, How high many people were your entire high school? 250. I went to a private uh, Christian <sighs> school. So, again, a little, little, little bit more of that privilege. <sighs> but Jeremy Taché, you know, I was pulling down those Minnesota Vikings report cards there, Brian. Although I would get the occasional B, C plus in Spanish my last year. <laughs> typical, typical, typical American. Typical, I graduated in a school. We had 2,600 people in our school. It was a high school, four grades, 2,600 people. So, wow. yeah, a lot, lot of folks. Easy to get lost. And sometimes, you know, my daughter goes to a parochial school, and I'm envious of her community that she has. You know, there's, there's a sense of being able to go to school with the same kids from elementary on to high school is a dope feeling, and I can see it resonate in her comfort 
that she has at school. She's always willing to try new things because she always knows a familiar face, whether it's a teacher running it, a coach running it, or having fellow classmates there. So the NFL, the NFL is a school. It's a university. And sometimes the students, the players, get to grade the university, the league and its teams, and the coaches, the teachers, mm-hmm. and the owners, the deans, I guess. I, sure. Just think, yeah, follow me here. 2024 NFL player team report cards have been released, and they're somewhat interesting if you care to try to correlate between things like facilities, nutrition, weight rooms, owners, coaching, and their success. What was the biggest takeaway that you experienced looking at these grades, Nathan? Uh, My biggest takeaway, Brian, is the Kansas City Chiefs will not repeat for the third time as champions. Like, this is I, – I said it this season, and I was wrong. This is like the – this is something has got to give, like trying to put his little back in. This upcoming season, the, we, we now know the ownership, like not putting stuff in for the players, and this is the year that it's going to finally you, come back to haunt why the you, Kansas Why do you say Chiefs. that? Because it's just something's got to give. You know, you hear this drama also about Taylor Swift, like, and the rules she's giving Travis Kelsey. Oh, man. A little tell me more i don't know about any of these rules what's up with that yeah so uh he's he's got rules like he he can't take pictures with women fans because of how just because of how that might look um he shouldn't frequent adult uh venues on his podcast he had i think like a vegas like strip club or kansas city strip club like shirt so some rules have been passed down for their relationship. Now, now are these rules coming from Taylor or from like coming from? Are Taylor. these the rules of dating Taylor? These these rules are coming from Taylor, is what I'm told. But anyway, uh, something there's there's stuff brewing. I don't think the Chiefs are gonna repeat. Brian, what's your takeaway? Well, well, okay, and as so, you say that, I'm going to go pick up my third child, and we'll see how the rest of this podcast goes. Yeah, go take care of that. So I'm interested in his take because, okay, for those that don't know, the Chiefs ranked on a letter grade, just like our our old report cards, they ranked multiple categories when it came to the facilities, right? This year, it was 11 categories. Last year, it was eight. Now, I, I, I highlighted that because I want you guys to see the differences. Now, remember, last year, Chiefs won a Super Bowl. This year, the one that just passed, they also won the Super Bowl, right? So keep keep that in mind. So this year, they had owner on here. The previous year, they did not have owner at all. This year, the Chiefs rated their owner an F minus. Okay, that's bottom of the barrel. We get it, right? But when you really think about it, why would they do that? I don't know the intangibles. You find out that the Chiefs were supposed to get locker room additions. They were supposed to get updated facility stuff, and it never came. Okay, let's look at the tangibles, though. Head coach. The Chiefs this year rated Andy Reid an A+, right? You would think that. I don't think most people would argue with that. Coach also was unfortunately not one of the things on the list last year either. So it's hard to kind of guess what they would have thought, but who cares? They won a Super Bowl last year, and everyone likes Andy Reid. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that was probably an A+, as well. Now, let's look. Did the baby just fall? No, the baby did not just fall, Brian. Oh, God. 
right. We're all good. I, you... I, I have the baby here. I'm whole. Are you walking? Her. I am walking. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you hear the uh, See? walking pad? All right. So, so I, I was I, just dis- could, great I was, points, Brian. By the way, I was just discussing how this survey has changed over the years. Last year, there were categories that weren't on this year's survey, such as head coach and owner. Because I beg to argue, if you look at the carryover grades between the Chiefs from the Super Bowl they won two years ago and the Super Bowl they won last year, there's a lot of similar things. So using these intangibles don't show that they aren't going to repeat. For they instance, do, Brian. Right? That's exactly what I said. They do show they're not going to repeat because something's got to give. You can't be an F owner. It's gonna the owner's gonna fail them. Just watch. You think an F owner is gonna re-sign all those players they need on the defense? But they, nah, you, they're you gonna think... let some people go because he's like, you keep winning, and I'm not doing much of anything, and I haven't really added to the offense. The defense is good, but that defense has a lot of free agents, and you that F they owner F... is gonna screw it up. Because what do owners think... what a, what do owners do? They always take more credit and think they're more part of it you, than they should be. You don't think you don't think they were F owner last year eventually that f owner is going to catch up with them or it's consistent you know what you're going to get from the owner this year what did the chiefs rank their weight room this year um you're gonna have to find that okay all right this year okay there i switched my mouth your mind you want me to find it or you want me to (laughs) i'm on they waived their weight room i gotta Weight room, Kansas City Chiefs, C plus. They ranked their Oof, they had they a ranked, really bad score on lots of things, Brian. They they ranked their weight room a C plus, right? Yeah. Last year, their weight room was ranked C plus. Two years ago. Nothing changed. It carried over. What did they rank treatment of facilities or family, excuse me? Uh treatment of families D plus eighteenth out of thirty-two teams. You know what they ranked there for their treatment of families two years ago? B. So that one dropped. Wow. So if you want to argue and do you think who, that's because of who, who, why is that, Brian? Is Taylor I was thinking maybe, Swift may, to blame for that? Well, I, I don't listen, not to be one who wants to blame Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift and everything she me brought too. to the NFL. She can come and give me rules. She can come yeah. and tell me how to live my life, and I will listen to her. Because clearly she understands how to do it. Okay, so I'll put that in the category for yes, you're correct. That might be the thing. How about food service and nutrition? How, C, what, what do they rank? Well, let's see. New, they have C minus for food slash cafeteria and an F for nutritionist. Okay, so in this, in 2023, it was a combined total. They got a D plus. So that's probably the average. Bad. So what that. 25th in food taste, 27th in food freshness. You're going to tell me that if you don't think your food is fresh, you think you, you're you going to be able to repeat three times as a Super Bowl champion? That is going to catch up to you. All three meals were provided, and that's better than most teams can say. Looking at you, the 20, Bengals. 25th how, and 27th, what? How about strength coaches? Strength coaches, C+. In 2022... A minus, so that's another drop wow, off. So I, 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 that that that's two. How about weight room? Uh, C plus. C plus from 2023, 2022. So that's the same. How about training room? F, last D, place. D plus. So that's another drop off. <laughs> How about training staff? Oh wait, sorry. Training training room was a D. It was training staff that was an F. 
Okay, both are still better because training staff was a D minus in 2022. Uh, how about locker room? Locker room F. It was a D minus in 2022. And how about team travel? D. It was a F in 2022. Listen, that got better. That got better. It got better. Okay, you make a tantalizing argument. I will say, if you're going to look at these grades and give them any weight, you're probably right in the area where you assume, guess what? It's done for them. What I will say is looking at some of the teams. What was head coach? Ranked, was Andy? Andy Reid was first place out of all head coaches. A plus. Was he? What was he ranked last season? They did. They did not have coach oh. and owner on last season. Um, wow. Okay. Which is probably a request. I, I, I bet you it broke down like this. I bet you were like, I can't rank my bosses. And they were like, mm -hmm. no, nah, we don't have that category. Like, why not? So, and 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 as you can see, it, it's important. What I will say is this. While you want to attach success with things such as the owner, things such as the training staff and weight room and how families are treated and blah, 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 blah. I'm looking at the teams who do it really well. The Dolphins with an A-plus owner. The Vikings with an A-plus owner. The Broncos with an A the Packers with an A, the Jags with an A, the Falcons with an A minus. You can't convince sounds me like that you that gotta, stuff matters. Sounds like you got to disrespect the family and get a little fire in your guys, right? Sounds get them a little like, extra motivation. Sounds like maybe these owners, maybe where you want to be hmm? is in the C area, right? You want to be a little bit, a little bit of a hard. Let's look at the C teams. As we an got owner, the, right? Maybe you just got to be like your wife's put on a couple pounds. It looks like. You guys trying for a baby? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! No! Don't 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 do that! Don't don't do that! It, these these ratings are all over the place. I mean, you got the Buffalo Bills who got an A minus owner, and the Forty ers who got an A minus owner, and then the Falcons who got an A minus owner. So, I mean, and those are three franchises going in three completely different ways. So I I just. I was trying to see if there was a tangible effect between things like training staff and injuries. And then I realized the best training staff, Miami Dolphins, they had injuries all year. Wow, the Eagles, point. injuries all year. The Falcons, you couldn't tell. Eagles had the best food, though. I is think that's because they got the they, big boys. Is that why they, got they the big boys. trailed off? Got a little complacent. Food was so good, and it took a while for that food coma to hit. A food coma probably doesn't hit until after week 10, week 11. And then that could explain some of why they were so lethargic picking out on their good food. Maybe you need some bad food to get your guys a little hungry on the playing field, right? Empty stomachs, I, hungry hey, if hearts. If, exactly. If they're, full, if they're full in the locker room, how are they going to eat on the field? Exactly. Right? And from what I'm hearing, No room supposedly... for kneecaps. Supposedly their uh their um security had a security from what I'm seeing, from what I'm, from what my sources are telling me, his uh kerfuffle that resulted in his suspension and then later removal of him being on the sideline was a direct result of how their season did a complete 180. Just saying. Hmm. Just saying you, you heard it here first. Head coaches, before we get off this, head coaches, Minnesota Vikings, A plus. Detroit Lions, A+. Kansas City, A+. Dolphins, A. Eagles, A. Bengals, A. Bills, A. Rams, A. 
Niners A, Seahawks A, Steelers A, Cowboys A. So, out of all I those got names Dallas I just Cowboys mentioned, have a B. Oh no, wait, sorry, that's an owner. I mean, that's, see, look at you. Um, my B, my B. Propaganda, you're part of the problem. When we see the media and how they cover the relationship between head coaches and the team, out of every team I just mentioned. I'm assuming Pete Carroll was the A and not the new guy. Every single one of these teams gets treated with a love and admiration from the coach in respect to what they mean to the team, what they accomplish, and their smarts. Why is it that the only team on that list where the coach has an A, just like the rest of them, they seem to always be wondering if he's worth the job as head coach? And that's Mike McCarthy. Why is that? Because he just doesn't get it done in the playoffs, Ryan. Plain and, 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 and simple. And Shanahan does? Gets it more done in the playoffs. Listen, if you get me closer to the nut and I still don't climax, all it is is a worse tease. I'm sorry. And then, yeah, you don't get that clarity. I'm sorry. Mike McCarthy won more playoff games than Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. So that's the NFL survey, player team reports. Is there anything that wasn't, and specifically talking about categories, was there any category on this list that you didn't see that you would like to? No, it just, it made me sad, Brian, because I did see this thing on Instagram where I scrolled through like some of these results and I saw that my Titans had like an F for travel. And then what they, the picture they put up next to it was Derrick Henry looking sad. And just me with the sad realization, like, Derrick Henry is probably, he's not going to be a Titan. Like, he's going someplace nope. else. I saw somewhere, like, an article that perfect fit for him could be Baltimore Ravens. And I was like, oh, man, could you imagine the backfield of Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson? And I just got sad because I'm in a place right now as a fan where, like, all my teams suck and they're all blowing it up. The Toronto Raptors traded away. Everybody. I don't even know who I am as a fan anymore, Brian, like, I'm going to be going into next year and like, I'm going to put my sports persona around Will Levis, like and mayonnaise uh, coffee. That's ugly. That's so ugly. That's ugly. I mean, you could be the Bengals. I'm hearing the Bengals have to share rooms. I thought they that was the share Buccaneers. hotel rooms. If you're not a four year vet, you got to pay $1,750 if you don't want to share. That's crazy. What are we doing? Is this is this a situation where we look at what's happening in the WNBA and we're like, wait, why don't those ladies have private flights? And we're like, wait, this is ridiculous. Are we serious? Like, like it's kind of like you're shocked because you feel like it should be a guarantee. This is another scenario where I'm like, wait, the NFL makes so much money. They can't just have across the board situations where this isn't the case it's just nuts to me that there's poverty teams in the nfl and this isn't something i knew of to this point i knew the Bengals are bums i know the Bengals ain't sell money sell money spend money what i didn't know is the Bengals have five working toilets in their locker room wow that's crazy and what do you do does joe burrow poop first does he have his own do does him and jamar chase share a toilet like how does that how, like what goes on there is there a poop toilet? Is there two poop toilets and three pee toilets? You got to have more poop toilets than like pee toilets. Like, 
that's got to be yeah. the priority. Yeah. I mean, I'd five argue working toilets, five. Dude, does that, that, that can't count urinals. Like, they got to have more working urinals than that. All five poop toilets, and you got to pee, pee in the shower. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. So speaking of peeing in the shower, sometimes when I used to get done from a day of football on a Sunday, I'd sit there in the shower and, you know, I have, I have a pretty, pretty nice shower. It's, it's kind of like a double stall. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a man's shower. And, you know, I'll let there and I'll let the water hit me on my chesticles and I'll let it drip down my body and I'll sit there and go, damn, this was a, a uneventful, especially if my team loses, right? I feel amazing if they win even, even better if they beat a rival, but more often than not, it's more like, oh, this game don't matter because we're probably going to lose in the playoffs. And I sit there and I go, but I wouldn't want to do anything else on my Sundays. Now that I'm having Sundays where I can do anything that I want, I find myself with like a football-sized hole in my heart, and I don't know what to fill it with. Basketball is doing it for me, but like my beloved Miami Heat, we don't really start caring until I say March 5th. So we're not there yet. Baseball is baseball. Uh, what do you do to keep yourself, I don't know, alive when it comes to off season with football? Well, Brian, I've just right. Currently I've dived headfirst into some reality TV shows. Um, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Well, you're not going to – the first one, I I was scrolling on my different streamers, and a little something popped up, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to honor the Super Bowl champions in Travis Kelsey and watch Catching Kelsey. So <laughs> I rewound the clock, watched all of Catching Kelsey, and I got to say, you guys, I kind of question Travis Kelsey's decision-making process, and I'm a little bit like – I guess the dude's grown up, but not funny. Guy, guy's mentioning Weird Al Yankovic. That dude was outdated even what, back what with is, like Catching Kelsey. Okay. Question some of his decision-making. Catching Kelsey was the reality show where 50 women date oh, Travis Oh, his Kelsey. dating show. Yeah, his dating show. is seven episodes. Um, and it, it really wasn't 50 women. Like He shows up to a stadium, and there are 50 women, and what happens is He's all of you get one minute with me and then I have to cut it down to 20. So 30 women only got one minute. And there were some where like they couldn't even fill that minute. Like this one girl just like looks at him and like crosses her eyes like twice. And that's like their whole time. So but he, wow. there were some people wow. were like he kept around this one girl a couple episodes longer than I thought. And him and Jason were like, oh, it's because she's so funny, but everything they'd show of her, I'm like, it's not funny. She's just, like, so cringe. Um, and even, I was like, the girl he picked in the end, he's like, he did this whole, like, fake-out thing of, like, uh, you're the girl who I usually go for, but I feel like I should try something new. <laughs> and so the one girl thinks she's going to win, and then he's like, but ultimately I have to go with my heart and I'm going to stick with what I normally do, even though it hasn't worked in the past. And Damn. sure enough, go figure that relationship didn't work in the past and whatnot. And yeah. 
damn just, okay and so, that's taking me now into love is blind which the show i knew you were gonna about. say that's what i didn't yep. want you to say sorry got sucked in <sighs> jimmy what a douche i don't i'm gonna take your word for it i will not watch these types of shows these brain rot shows look i will not how about how about you, you know i got a show for you how about you watch shogun you know what that is on my list i am gonna get to that i'm just i want a couple more episodes to come out so i can binge it like a little bit more that's all don't worry brian i'm gonna get to that i'm also watching the great hulu that show i i enjoy what's that, that show, show about uh it's like a dramatic comedy of Catherine the great oh yeah uh, my wife watched that that was one of the shows where in the background i'm not paying attention but i'm like what they doing over there it was a <laughs> phenomenal show it was a really good show really good show and i and to my knowledge wasn't it a dub no not a dub are you sure like they dubbed the it it wasn't an uh, it wasn't a, uh, originally in English. No, it was originally in English. It's Nicholas Holt. Uh, I think. Oh yeah, Al no, it's no, no, that's another show. It? It's another show that that is is it's like a quality show like that. And same like she likes all these period pieces. Me, I had enough of old white people. I don't want to hear about <laughs> old white people and old white people times. Just come on, I that's no offense, Nathan, but yeah, you know. Um, it's like, uh, okay, <laughs> it's that one, yeah. <laughs> and it was one of those types of shows. I was like, actually, this show's kind of good. And then she was like, oh, yeah, it's actually, actually dubbed, and I couldn't tell. So, shout out to the voice actors who did that show that ain't actually getting the props because I don't remember, remember the name of the show. For me, though, what it's, a great show. it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my David Sampson on. I'm going to get back into running just hold a baby and walk during the podcast brian i would have to find a baby and i don't know i don't know about you but they ain't letting me just grab random babies i'm gonna find um i realized so how old are you now nathan 35 36 36 are you sure because you kind of thought about it uh, born in 87 november okay so, so wait yeah, so, yeah same yeah, year 87 babies okay year. so one of the things that I've learned being in my mid mid thirties is the amount of time and resources you need to spend to actively stay active. We weren't prepared for our ability to just make it work in our teens and our twenties set us up to not be aware of what's required. Once you hit your thirties, I'll explain. I used to be able to, Throw on some sneakers, Jordans, triple boost, whatever, whatever, just some sneakers. Sneakers I find comfortable. And then go for a run or a jog. The last time I tried to do that, I couldn't walk without pain for a week. And Ooh. I came to the conclusion, there's a reason why all of these fancy sneakers, the hokas, the on runnings, the brooks. There's a reason why these sneakers not only exist, but why you realize, oh, they're not the same as the rest of them. Because they target us, old people who have blown out knees, blown out ankles, blown out metatarsals, 
heel spurs, all those things, and you can't just get up, suit it, and boot it, and go running. So once I came to terms with this, it's, it's an ego thing. It's an ego check, especially as a man, because you, you, you always envision yourself as your peak form of athleticism. And once Absolutely. I realized this, I came to terms with myself. I made an appointment. I'm going to go to Fleet Feet. Shout out to Fleet Feet. I'm going to get my feet measured, see if I have any sort of pronation, see if I have any sort of, you know, weight distribution that needs to be addressed. I'm going to get me a nice pair of running sneakers. And for the first time in my life, at the age of 36, about to be 37 in a couple weeks, mm. I'm going to become a runner. Good for you, Brian. Proud of you. Best Thank of you. luck. It's it's hard. You hit your 30s and your body does start falling apart and it's it's not the same. I've been I've been feeling that. My weight's been fluctuating a ton over yeah, the, the hernia last, like, last you know, year. Yeah, I had the I had the hernia, so I gained a bunch of weight cuz I wasn't working out. I started working out again, lost some weight, lost about like maybe 15ish pounds. And then I put 10 back on because of the baby and I baby weight so baby weight exactly right you you have baby dudes put on weight because stop working out again and yesterday Brian guess what I went for a run so that's like how I, was it Ooh, it was rough my uh goal is always like I don't know what it is whenever I like reset to start like being healthy again I'm like okay I'm just gonna do like a quick run and my baseline goal is always like, can I do two miles in less than 20 minutes? So I did two miles in like 19 minutes. So nice. Nice. That's, that, that. that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good baseline. Yep. And was dying. I feel very sore. Mm-hmm. And now I guess today's workout is podcasting and walking on this walking pad, holding my baby. What uh? What are your what are your running your running shoes of choice? Uh, I have a pair of On Cloud running shoes. You like so, them? Yeah, I like them. I haven't <clears throat> had any issues or injuries. I haven't. I use them more as like uh, exercise shoes since I've had them. Got you. I usually. My preferred method of working out is. Um, crossfit hit like high like hit high, yeah, high intensity interval yeah. training for sure that is like 30 minutes of doing that workout weights and gets your heart rate going that's my preferred method but yeah i might just switch to like trying to be more active i definitely my hardest thing is i gotta eat better Ugh. yeah that's Too always much. tough stay that's up the worst late, for me. Binge yeah eat a bunch of stuff i shouldn't be eating too many sweets. and that's and that feeling of when you do work out, you feel like, hey, I can kind of, you know, do a little thing. So, yep. listen, I, I wish you the best on your transition back to being healthy. You wish me the best for mine. Thank Absolutely. you. I hope I hope this time next year we're looking at each other. And we're both sitting here. And we're like, hey, this podcast is sponsored by <laughs> Insert Running Company. And we're like, yo, da, 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 da. So we're here, we're here talking about the best health practices. We were previously talking about ways to fill that gap of no football. One of the things that are going on right now that I don't think most people care about, which is unfortunate to me, and it's very, very, I'm, I'm biased when saying it, is preseason baseball. Two days ago on the show, two days earlier, actually, no, t yesterday's show, first hour, 
our first live hour, Dan mentioned that he felt a joy when he saw that preseason baseball was on TV to the point where it almost was illuminated because of the sun and it looked like it was holy. And he was like, I love preseason baseball. And Cody was like, I love preseason baseball. They, they, they claimed it to be the best preseason sport. I couldn't argue with them, but at the same time, I don't want to agree with them because ew, it's still baseball. Do you agree that baseball is bar none the best preseason sport? No, Ooh. I don't. I I think there are no good preseason sports. How about that? Tell tell me more. Can you even name a good like? I've I've never gotten excited for like spring training when I had spring training. I don't care. Have you? I mean, maybe back in the day when I was a kid and didn't have anything to do, I would watch a preseason football game because I could. But <clears throat> I'm not watching a preseason like football game now not watching preseason basketball games like maybe well you know what maybe summer league does that count as preseason See, that's where i was is i was that flirting with or is that something because if i had to pick i'd actually would go with the nba summer league because i haven't watched any nba preseason games but i've watched summer league games mm-hmm. and to, to your point nfl preseason games also are mid and I think part of it is also because they do a weird fourth week break. I don't like that. Like, don't get me excited for football and then be like, I got your bitch. And then be like, here. Um, but unless there's a storyline or two, you know, a touted rookie coming out, um, a new look offense somewhere, for the most part, there's not much to look at for your state. Like, what did the Titans care about this preseason? Nothing right, Brian. It, I'll tell exactly, you that much. Exactly. Nothing that matters. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm. How about this? If summer league doesn't count as preseason, what does that tell you about all the other preseasons? If summer league should be the best preseason sport, right? It tells you that they suck. Drop the mic. I miss basketball Illuminati. By the way, uh, yeah. you know what I don't miss? I don't miss them clones what? doing what they need to do to stay relevant. Nate, give the people what they want to hear. Give us a breakdown of what the Cyclones were able to accomplish a couple days ago. Let me tell you, the Cyclones are back, ladies and gentlemen. We're out of the basement, no longer last place. We took it to the expansion fireballs, beating them six and a half to one and a half points, getting us to fifth place. We're two points up over the fireballs. We're nine and a half points behind the Robote Renegades. 13 points behind the Dehada Devils, but the Dehada Devils have a two-game day. We got two games in hand against them, so got that going for us. The Right now, the number one team, the Chargers, who we did play, and they did handle us pretty good. I think they beat us like six and a half to one and a half. Uh, and they're undefeated right now currently with that new owner, Mr. Red, who you hear uh, – Mike Ryan talking about little little disrespect sending his people not talking to us personally, mm. right? So mm. we play them, and guess what? This is why I love High Life. They br- we got Sunday games now, Brian. You know that they play on Sundays. Yep. Although this upcoming Sunday will be the last time they play on Sunday for the rest of the season. <laughs> so you better catch it, people, because they're not doing it anymore after this. But the great thing about that is, 
for football, you'd have to wait all waiting all day for Sunday night. Well, for highlight, you only have to wait part of the day for Sunday afternoon. And then it's there, right? So we play the Chargers. And you know what, Brian? I think we're going to take them down a peg. They're undefeated. It's time that they get get that first L of the season. The Pelota's been bouncing their way. I don't think the Pelota's going to bounce their way this upcoming Sunday. I think we're going to beat them, and we're going to beat them handily. I say, I dare say, I dare say, most important game of the season. Because if they win this, not only... Do they stop that charge a bit? But it could be a momentum shifter. And we know what happens when momentum shift when dealing with cyclones. They get upgraded. We can get a category two, category oh, yeah. three. You do a not. One. Don't. We've got one win. Do not let us get two. You do not want to see Bingo. a cyclone team that's got two. And from this last win, Brian. I just want to say I was really impressed with our new guy, Lopez. He was coaching everybody up. If you watch that game, Lopez was – he was the calming force in the middle of our storm that players look to. He was the eye of the storm. And going forward, I mean, Manu, Lopez, if Lopez steps up as a coach like that and can get what he got out of Flores last time, if we can get Flores to pick it up, I mean – how do you feel about Flores so far this season? Against the chart or not against the fireballs, he actually had a had a, probably his best game day I've ever seen out of him. I think he was the player of the day for that. He played really well before that. He had a he had a tough start to the season, um, not playing well, not catching, and to me out of position a lot. So I think that's why the coaching is important because mm-hmm. he wasn't out of position as much so there's a lot of communication that is needed especially with the added emphasis of more partner games so if you got a guy who he's not as talented struggles to catch and then is also going to be like out of position so there's a couple times like we were getting killed on a bunch of drop shots when he was playing because he was all over the place and the other team was taking advantage of it but if he's back and Lopez can coach him up and coach up our team and he's come in, played really well, adjusted to the court really quick, I think we're, we're going to make the playoffs and make some noise. You hear me, Brian? Make some noise. And if make I had to grade. Make some noise. If I so had to with give, this. Oh, if I had to <laughs> give up, grades for highlight owners, I would give Mike Ryan and Chris Cody an A-plus and rank them as the number one owners in highlight battle court. In battle court highlight. That's obvious obvious brian propaganda always but that's what we're here for we got we need someone to be pro he's our jeremy tache when it comes to the pelota one they're champions two longest running ownership right the chargers are they still owned by lifestyle miami or mr red i don't know what's happening there mr red doesn't have any championships but he sure thinks he's going to get one let me tell you mr red is gonna find out that it's harder to get that battle court championship than you think if you think the cyclones are just gonna blow over and let you just come in and get this championship your first season that owners do not get championships in their first season except for ud exception to the rule mr red you're about to find out that the cyclones run this battle court careful careful this team has bitten off more than they could chew and have made enemies of teams that maybe 
they shouldn't have in the past let's not let's not let's not stoke any fires and we don't want no bulletin board material with the first month in the books in the highlight season who is the current mvp of this team for me it's manu if you've been watching like manu has as a singles player he looks totally different manu last season in singles was one in seven this season i looks think like he lost some weight uh that's that's what the word on the street is there uh he's two and one the mobility has increased but the shot selection and throwing by manu has been next level like he honestly he hasn't needed as much mobility because he's controlling these games so much with where he's putting the ball he took down go cherry arguably the best player in all of highlight who was undefeated last season broke his win streak he did lose to zuleika but again in three sets um so he's looked great out there you know what i'm seeing from manu it's i'm i'm seeing a confidence out of him that reminds me of when rookies are about three to four years in the league in any sport and they realize oh they can't fuck with me i don't gotta play with them anymore i'm going to go for the kill every single chance i get why am i making myself work so hard i'm i'm tired yeah i could run around if i want to yeah i could do all these robotes if i want to but you know what i could also do put this motherfucking pelota anywhere from here to jacques cousteau's house i don't know where he lives but i'm assuming it's far and guess what manu could get it there with the accuracy of a hawk absolutely brian like I, when I see Manu, the animal I think of is Ron McGill's favorite animal, the harpy eagle. Just an assassin. Ah! He turns the pelota ah! into ah! a deadly ah! weapon. Like, ah! Don't let Manu get that. You better be careful where you put that pelota. You put it in the wrong place, Manu is going to end it. Ah! 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 You mentioned the best owner, Urs in the league being Chris Cody and my what happened there Chris Cody <laughs> and Mike Ryan hands down Brian not even close now if we take them out of the fronton and put them back into the studio there was a, a changing of the guard Mike Ryan he stepped down once again thank you Mike Ryan for all you've ever done you've been a driving force of the show and to me you've been the the spine of the book that is Dan Levitard show you held it all together in a way that I don't think I've ever seen someone do from that producer seat with a show for so long with that being said chris yeah. cody now has firmly planted himself into that position kind of sort of maybe sometimes when he's not reneging on his responsibilities and going to new york i digress mike ryan hinted that he's continued to try to give the people on the show an opportunity to step up to that ep spot which is kind of crazy to me because i look at it from the position of somebody who's always looked for opportunities as oh wait no one is actually fighting me for this i would have attacked that ep role with the viciousness of how manu gets after that oh, ball but i digress I that's that me. brian we're all built there i think you would i think you i think you would have as well first one in last one out you would have been that guy but we're different right with that being said, 
Mike Ryan said he tried to keep it internal, but now he might have to look external for replacements as his role as EP. I wanted to ask you, before you go, though, because I want you to take in mind, who is your pick for internal EP and external EP if they went outside? I'm going to go internal, and I don't know if this counts, but I say, no, I'm not going to throw him in there. I'm going to say Billy. <laughs> I'm going to say Billy. I'm going to say Billy because when he's in that role, he provides enough when there isn't enough going on, but not too much where you can get tired of him being in that role. I'm going Billy. And for my external choice, for my external choice, Anthony Mays. Mm. Good, good choices, Brian. For my, I'm going to go internal. See, look. Internal choice, honestly, I kind of like the rotating EPs that they're doing. I don't know if that's a sustainable thing going forward. Just again, I as my personality, I like things being new. And I think having mm. that rotating EP, you do feel a difference between when Chris Cody's in that seat and when Billy Gill is in the seat. And honestly, I kind of like the differences that are there that it does create a different like feeling so as someone who one of the things that I really value is like things feeling new feeling different like I kind of like that multiple EP thing but I do pardon me I do kind of like let's let's go give somebody the job and let them want someone to want it I want someone it's interesting like part of me I do I want to talk to somebody on the show about this about why is there no EP? Is it because nobody mm. wants it? Or because a while back, Mike Ryan did share about his experience as taking over as EP and how like Dan didn't trust him at the start. So mm. part of me wonders, like, is it not just that people maybe don't want the EP position or is it that everything that comes with it? They're trying. Well, they're trying to create a process where Dan feels more comfortable with whoever they pick right so letting people try out so dan builds trust with whoever they end up putting in that uh, okay. seat is something as opposed that to thought, forcing it on him as opposed seeing, to just okay. picking someone right now and going with it they might be feeling that process out because of mike sharing how it was rough for him at the start dan not trusting him that he at t- had to interview people that were possible replacements for himself and that mm-hmm. over time he built that trust. So part of me wonders if it's not even just people not wanting it or if this process is a result of like Dan needs that trust with whoever is going to be EP. So let's rotate people in, let Dan get a feel for what that's like, and then maybe they'll appoint someone to like take it over. Um, so I don't know. I go. Okay. Do I... So so you're you're looking at it as it could currently be a running back by committee situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it from a position of next man up. When and you know how those two phrases, while kind of meaning the same thing, are two different phrases, right? Like next man up, you have an opportunity to make an impression that you never would have had the chance to if not for the person ahead of you not being available. So you hit it with the gusto that makes sure you're going to remember me. I'm here to show you that I'm here and I'm not leaving. And then running back by committee is more like, 
I'm only getting 10 carries. I guess I'll just go out there and run the play. And mm, kind I'm of, kind I, of mm, like, I well, like, so there's part of it is what I said of like, I kind of like the rotating EP. And then, but ultimately, I, I think I do want someone to like be picked and like put into that position for now. I don't mind it. But I do want to like understand more about like this. This has been a really long process for the show doing this. And that's the thing. Like so, I, I'm seeing I'm when, when you're seeing miscues and sounds being brought up, when you see uh, Chris Cody attempt to try to read today uh, and it just absolutely murdered yesterday and it absolutely murdered him reading about skateboards and hats and tough acting to acting. Boom. It's just like, OK, and granted, he can't read regardless if he's in that seat or not. So. Uh, shout out to you, Chris Cody. But like, there are they getting better? Is I guess what I'm asking. Like, if they all got to a point of they were all like, "Hey, they're all serviceable EPs." Let's see Monday we got. This, let's see who who ends up coming out of the top. Cool. But it's like if they're not in a seat long enough to get better at it, or if they're not exhibiting the want to to get better at it, then we're just kind of throwing shit at the wall hoping it sticks and i got too much respect for metal lark as a company and dan as a person and the rest of that team i know it's a shtick and i know a lot of it is bits but i respect them too much to think that they would just let something such an important role like that just kind of be tossed around like hot potato so in a typical nathan fashion well, yeah, so you're playing, just to push you're, back you're, on you're that though, part, part of me wonders if the rotating ep isn't necessarily because of like sure it could be because of the need to like train somebody up and build them into it but is part of that also just of dan it's not because of the people that are stepping into the ep but because dan needs that time to build trust with them so that when they do pick whoever they go with um dan feels more comfortable with that person well but the crazy part is all of these people have spent more time transitionally in the EP spot than Chris Whittingham ever did. And all these people have known Dan and worked with Dan longer than Chris Whittingham ever did. So I don't, I just think that's telling that Chris Whittingham was the like, way Dan always talked about Chris Whittingham as like this prodigy and maybe he someone did trust who next Mike. Man up. He did trust Mike. He did have that trust with Mike and he, it was like, mike's brought him in so good point mm. i mean i think if i had to pick it's probably internally chris cody's job to lose because okay um with billy gill him taking the ep job with everything he does to wrangle stew yeah and god bless uh football i was about to say god bless highlight <laughs> with god bless football like chris cody's jk dobbins chris cody's Chris Cody's the guy who, it's his. Say he's J.K. Dobbins. I, what does that mean? That Chris, he's I don't want J your Achilles to get blown out. Stretch those he's fingers. I don't want Dobbins. you to tear a pinky. He's J.K. Dobbins. Buttons. Is, is Tony? I know Tony has sat there, but like, is he like legit at in one of the spots? Has Tony ever sat? I think it's just in terms of an internal EP. I think it's between Billy and Chris Cody if they're going to hire internally. And my external person who I would say for the show that if I had to pick Brian, I'd say, take a look at the fan Lebitard show and look at me producing right here, huh? Walking on this uh, pad here, if you can kind of see it right there. 
still doing a podcast, putting a baby to sleep and getting like exercise. It. Like if I can do that, I bet I could pro- executive produce uh, the Dan Lebitard show. So maybe consider Nasty like Nate as the external hire. And you come with your own sidekick. Exactly, right? What do you I think, mean, baby Kobe? Wait, I was talking about me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, you know, you know. Of course. But anyway, folks. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens? Damn, Chris Cody. I'm sorry. <laughs> I totally failed there. <laughs> My bad, J.K. Dobbins. All right, take it away, Nate. Well, folks. That's going to do it. Thanks for listening. Congratulations to Matt Heasley, I think, from Australia. He won the football there, Brian. Now hey. i got to find a way to mail a football to Australia. Yarr. See how much that costs. Oh, it's going to be an arm and a leg, mate. That's a good accent. Yeah, thanks. You call that an accent? Uh, I call that a knife. That's not a knife. But, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, all that jazz, rate, review, five stars, Spotify. And go clones this Sunday. If you're in Miami, get out there and make it to the final Sunday afternoon. Go clones.